If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 147. We are back at home. It's been a while. We took a week off because, God, it's hard to do the podcast when we're at events, Cinderin. It really is. Um, but we did manage to do a guest episode with Effie there. That's right. So that was good. That was good, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, this is the beginning of the episode, in case you were wondering. If you're just joining, <laughs> uh, let's do our patron shout-outs, and then we can get started. Because I know Cinderin, he can't. this can't be an hour-and-a-half episode. He told me that he has a scheduled diarrhea a little bit later. So Yes. Is that, is that right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's... That's a great summary. Thank so, you. <laughs> thank you to our In Bruges tier patrons. I cover my ears during scary moments too. Oscar Seeker purchasing the In Bruges tier and hopes this podcast lasts forever. Do you have Do you have the wish to experience something for the first time again? Wish I could forget I played Artifact and delete it. Vovalicious. Most programming language inventors look like serial killers. Bjarn Strustrup is, is the OG. Interesting factoid. Roundy three. My name is not Ja Morant, else I'd fall into you and have my friends in stripes call a foul. Bjarn Strustrup is the inventor of C++. Oh, okay. Uh, ja Morant is a great player. Reps have been awful, though. I will agree. No, but seriously, Dota can have way more active players than it currently does, and it's a shame that Valve doesn't do it justice. Disco Farm D, Stooge, Stoge, 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 Stog, Simple Stooge, 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 Stoogey, Stoggy Stooge, Stumpy Stooge, Stooge, McFroid, Batman, Suck. What? <laughs> okay, so next week, if that's the name, I'm not reading that just saying <laughs> that that's a that one reminds time. me of when you get those like really dumb like dumb twitch donations where it just goes w w <laughs> hakuna matata lives in Ch uh, chandler gilbert just saying commander donut chakar still an asshole milan miami and the mega pope and also thank you to tell us about moonduck ti in new zealand zan xavier nate thicko zero one hamscroats bacon shark tm Freshly seasoned goat balls. Dop. Nothing to see here. Underscore man. Hey Google, what time is it? Good one, but I don't have that system. Je suis ouvrement. Can we get Sep on the podcast? Ben Broomhead fucking hates when he swaps his neutral item and it sends the wrong one back. Suns fan is valid. Isn't it nice to be told every week that you're valid? I appreciate by someone? it. Yeah, I do. Pitch black wooden aftertaste. Why woo the ladies when you can woo the maidens? Okay, I'm, if we get that one next week as well, I'm not reading that one. An anonymous. <laughs> Peter, malaria has killed around 5% of all the people that has ever lived. Niebling. That sounds right. That sounds insane. I Okay, 
Now, I know I made a joke about diarrhea. Mm. That's probably killed more people than anything, I would think. Diarrhea. Yeah. That's my guess. If we were to look. Nabling, please Google diarrhea in Google. Okay. Look at all the facts that you can and give us the fact next week. We appreciate it. Uh, all right. So getting started, the NBA segment, Cinderin, the NBA playoffs 2022 have begun since the last time we talked. Mm. The Suns, as you know, are the number one overall seed in the entire NBA. So we're yes. playing the quote unquote worst team, but they had a play in this year, which means usually it's top eight from each conference uh, go to the playoffs. But the thing they've started the last couple of years is a play in. So the ninth and the tenth seeds have a chance. Basically, it's like a couple best of ones to try to catapult their way into that uh, playoffs. And one of those teams did that this year, the New Orleans Pelicans, which is who we are playing and as of this recording, we are up three to two. We've lost twice to the worst team, according to standings in the playoffs. But they're actually quite good. They mm-hmm. they've had like they had a good trade in the midseason. They got a lot better. They've had a lot of injuries in the. They're missing one of their best players. Our best player got injured in game number two, Cinder, and he's out. So that's unfortunate. Oh, no. uh, but it's not something serious, thankfully. So I think we'll still win, but we'll see. It's best of seven every time, right? Uh, best of seven every time. And I'm less worried about the second round than I am the first, if that gives you any indication yeah. on that. So uh, not sure. And uh, the silver lining is no matter what happens, the Lakers still didn't make it. That's so. right. The Lakers didn't even have a chance to do the play-in. That's how bad they were. Not even top 10. Fucking atrocious. God, that feels good to say. All right. Let's get started with the episode. <laughs> I hope you win, Shannon. I just wanted to say that. I mean, I'm not expecting to win. I've been a fan long enough to know that something disastrous will happen. Which well, Also, just your current series, like one step at a time. Thank you. Yes, we'll see. Okay, let's talk about DPC results. Obviously, we came from the EU slash NA division, so we'll have a little bit more insight for those. Uh, and I actually yep. have graphics this time, Cinder. I've come semi-prepared. So oh. let's start with EU... Let me just enable the EU graphic. Oh, look at that. Thank you to Liquipedia. Oh, wonderful. So OG and Game and Gladiators were the top two. I think they did a tiebreaker, right? Is that on there? No. No. Oh, that's that was right. Canceled. There was some... Okay, we're not going to get into this because I actually don't know the details, but there's a lot of drama. I don't know if it's between Valve and ESL or who, but the tiebreaker rules will not, were not clear. Right. My general understanding is that it's both parties at fault. I just don't know to what degree. I have no clue. I think there was some, just some confusion is the best way I can think of it. At least that's what it seemed based on the players, like tweets and stuff, was that they were just, they just didn't understand. It was very last minute. Then all of a sudden there is a tiebreaker. Then the following day it's canceled. Uh, and some of them had changed their plans around, oh shit, we have to play tiebreaker all of a sudden. So that was really, you know. That was just not good. I think that's fair to say. Uh, whoever you want to pin the blame on, I don't. I don't know if that's. I know some people will find that really important. Like I think, like you said, there's probably just some mess of in communication, some confusion. And I think all in all, what should be the takeaway from this is that why don't the regions just have the exact same rule set? Like, is there any reason not to? I agree. Because yeah. there were part of the confusion. I think, at least potentially stems from the fact that the regions don't have a defined rule set that cover all of them. So 
the way that the tournament was run for the SEA region was different from how it was run from Europe, including the penalty that Boom got, where they got a default loss for the power outage, so they couldn't show up on time, which I think, judging from how other teams got their games postponed in Western Europe, I think if that's what have happened in Western Europe, they probably would have just got a postponed series, right? Yeah. So just True. different treatment for the teams. Um, get one universal rule set and be done with it. Yep. Completely agree. So OG, Gaming Gladiators, Team Liquid, and Tundra are going to the major. Uh, yep. Secret and Entity are staying in Division 1. So Team Secret's the quote-unquote surprise of the season, I guess, yeah. for not being top four. Uh, Brame lost the tiebreaker to Entity, so they're out. And Nigma Galaxy win one series, and it's to Secret. Kuroki yeah. is like the kryptonite of Puppy for some reason. But they're going to Division 2. They looked absolutely atrocious. Like, the games were not close for the most part. Uh, yeah. So what are your thoughts I, on EU, Western EU? Yeah, I guess the biggest surprises here is Secret did not make top four and Nigma got bottom one, right? I think that's the two biggest things. At the same time, though, there's a lot of really good teams here. So getting fifth means you're, like... You didn't lose to anyone who like massively overperformed, right? That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Liquid, Gaming Gladiators, and OG and Tundra, all of these four have been in contention for top EU for a while. So the fact that they get top four doesn't mean that Secret plagued like garbage. It just means that there were other teams that were better. Um, the team that massively underperformed this time was definitely Enigma Galaxy. I don't know what problems they had. I don't know what solutions they're going to find, but... At the very least, like you said, they got to show up with a win in the end over Secret and just fuck them over. So I guess that was great. Um, Secret, if they won that series, would have had a tiebreaker against Tundra. But Tundra are probably clapping and cheering all the way yep. for uh, Nigma, And um, it paid off. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's the biggest thing. Um, going into the Major, I think all of these four top EU teams have a good chance. I don't think there's like one of them that like massively will be way more favorite than the others against international competition. Um, OG, I think, could be either a super hit or a total miss based on the whole LAN event atmosphere. A lot of their players are totally new to this. Um, Do you, I think uh, actually all of them except Misha and Taiga haven't played on LAN, right? I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, if anybody's been like coming into the scene the last two years, they just haven't played on LAN pretty much, right? Amar, BZM, and Yuragi, I don't think have played a LAN event ever. So that might make them play their best ever or it might play them, make them so play worse I know, depending on their I know this isn't TI. What do you think the chances are? Would you be, I guess you probably would be, but would you be shocked if Western Europe teams did not do well overall? At the major. Yeah, because uh, at TI no. is a little bit of a different story with Secret getting top three, right? Mm -hmm. But the majors, it was the running joke, Europe was fucking terrible last year, right? Like complete trash. Mm. I, would, I would not be surprised if they don't do well, but I would be surprised if none of the teams gets like top six or top four, if they just flat out get wiped. Mm. I think at least one of the teams would probably show up and have good form have a good showing but you never know like the other regions are also super competitive we'll get to that in a second but uh yeah i was also just looking at gaming gladiators i don't know how many of these players have played a land durasho boom ace tofu and celery i know ace has plenty of land experience but for the rest of them uh mm. this might this is probably their biggest moment in pro dota so far uh if i'm not mistaken i don't think durasho boom or celery or tofu ever played at ti uh, none of them so if even a major, 
Mm-hmm. Ace has played all of it, so it would definitely not be be new to him. And maybe he has a responsibility there for, you know, um, sharing his experience because the game is so much more than just the game. When the stakes are high, things are very different, uh, and players adapt to that in, in different ways. Right. Then you've got Liquid, who are very internationally experienced. They've played tons of lands, especially in Han, but also in Dota. And finally, Tundra is a very experienced bunch, right? Skitter, Nine, 33, Socks, and Snaking have all played major competitions. So, so yeah, that's my honestly, that's my biggest question mark. How are OG and Gaming Gladiators going to do in a LAN environment? Are their players going to shine or are they going to fail? Um, that'll be interesting to I see. I mean, in Tundra, they... Two weeks' time. I don't know about the Dubai LAN. I can't remember who even played that. Have Tundra, even without Socks, though, even with, like, Fada back a few, few months ago, did they, have, they didn't play a LAN either, right? Uh, maybe not as a squad, but like all of their players have played yeah, international lands, right? Maybe not together, all of them, but separately, they all have land experience. Yeah, especially Soxa, Thirty Three, and Snaking have played a lot of lands. So, so for uh, again, I'm just going to briefly mention Div Two and for the regions, uh, Alliance mm-hmm. will be Div One next season, and the one series they lost was to Goon Squad, who will also be Div One. And if you don't remember, Goon Squad, Goon Squad is. X Alliance, basically. Yeah. So I'm sure they got a lot of uh, satisfaction after beating them. Charlie and Pixel. They went 14 and zero, by the way. I think that's worth mentioning. If a team goes 14 and zero in Division Two, they probably have a pretty good chance in Division One of actually making a splash and not just being, you know, oh, we got promoted, but we're going to get rolled. Like, I think Goon Squad has a chance uh, to make the next major uh, potentially, or at least get a good placement. All right, let's move on to China. So as you can see on the screen, uh, PSG LGD, no surprise, uh, number one. They did lose one series to Aster, but Extreme Gaming, Aster is third, and Royal never give up four, so the, all four will be quote-unquote, we'll talk about this at the end of this, I guess, but yep. uh, quote-unquote going to the major. Then Vici and Ehome will stay Div 1, Team Magma and LBZS are out into Div 2. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was supposed to be a Vici Gaming versus RNG uh, tiebreaker for fourth, right? Yes. And Vici just forfeited. Yeah, I I didn't understand. They chose not why. to play. It. Yeah, I, was it something about not being able to go to the major anyway? But what could I? I did you read about why that was actually a thing? Because it was just speculation I from just, what I saw. I, I saw that I haven't heard an official reason why they just forfeited the match. I've just heard that they have. And it could be either, like you said, players being unable to go under the current I, COVID restrictions. Am I wrong? That would be my guess. Maybe, yeah. I was, maybe I was reading something different. They hit the stand-in limit, your chat. Yeah, saying. that's what I was going to say. So I think okay. they had to use three stand-ins or something like that, which is not allowed in the tiebreaker or something to that effect. So, okay, because it's funny because the first post that came out didn't mention that they just said they chose to forfeit. I'm like that's really weird, but yeah. Oh, actually, now I do remember this. Arches just wrote they had four games with subs and had to play with a player they kicked and he refused. Mm. Dude, if that's actually true, imagine having that power there. That's, that's like the actual just oh get fucked power. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so right. So Holy for shit. Div 2, Dandelion Esport Club, and Aster.Aries will be going to Division 1. All right, let's move on to SEA. What a nice name, Dandelion Esports yeah. Club. Yeah, that's like one that. of the best names for sure. Uh, from SEA, Fnatic, 
gets first place behind or ahead of Boom and T1. So those three will be going to the major. And then Polaris, Nigma Galaxy, SEA, and Nigma, or Team SMG. I was going to say a third Nigma Galaxy team, but they don't exist yet. Those teams will be staying in Div 1 and then Neon Esports and Execration down to Division 2. So this one, they did have tiebreakers between Fnatic and Boom. <laughs> yeah. So just talking about like the differences of the regions and, you know, why the hell does that exist? Uh, any surprises here for you? I mean, we've already talked about this like late into the season, so there's probably not much to add. Uh, there was also a tiebreaker between T1 and Polaris, by the way. For going to the major, which was the bigger one, oh, right? True. Yeah. Um, and T one, T one won theirs two zero, and Fnatic won theirs two zero. I don't know. I, I don't think there's that much to talk about. I think this is the expected top three out of this region. The thing that is really impressive to me is that Boom goes six and one after getting a default loss in their first series. I think a lot of teams would just be like, you know, demoralized. Maybe that maybe that's the wrong way of looking at it, but like. You could imagine that that could kind of get to you, right? Like, oh my god, we're under pressure already. We lost our first series without even playing, and then you carry that baggage with you. It didn't seem to phase them at all. Like, they just kept playing their best, and now, even though they got that death loss, they're still 6-1. and one. So, the unfortunate situation is, if that death loss would have been a win, they would have been 7-0, wouldn't have had to play a tiebreaker at all, and they would have got top seed plus more DPC points, right? Right. So, in the end, it does cost them that they have to play the tie to Fnatic that they do lose, even though they beat them during the season. Um, which again is interesting, right? Because I think in Western Europe, Boom would have just been first place here, right? Because they won the head-to-head. There wouldn't have been a tiebreaker, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Because that, that was how Western Europe was ruled, right? There was no tiebreaker between Gaiman Gladiators and OG because OG beat Gaiman in the heads up. Yep. That is right. I think. So, yeah. Again, would be nice to just have consistency across the board unless I'm misunderstanding something here, but I don't think so. And then for... um, but yeah, these are three really strong teams. I have a very good eye to Boom. I think this team is incredible. And they are out of this region, even though Fnatic win the tiebreaker and are starting to look hotter and hotter. I still think Boom is the star team from this region to get a top placement at the Major. I think in many people's eyes, they're one of the three teams to beat, actually, uh, based on the land that we just had in Dubai as well, where they won. So right. very, very strong team. And I'm a huge believer in Yopage, especially... Uh, Yopaj and Tim's are incredible players, in my opinion. So, so Div Two, RSG, and Talon will be going up to yep. will be promoted to Div One. Uh, for those that don't know, Talon is the one with Twenty Three Savage and KP is probably the most recognizable names. Um, RSG went fourteen and one. Yeah, they they owned, and I don't think I've heard Very of one good. of their players before. So. Uh, oh, we didn't really talk about the China. Maybe we'll wrap that up at the end of the, yeah, if sure. who's going to go to the major. So who do we have next? We have, oh, it's a little bit of North America action. So mm. for Div 1, it was EG. Uh, so EG, who did they lose to again during the, it was, was it TSM they lost to during the regular season? Yeah. I think so, yeah. They lost to TSM in the regular season. So TSM undefeated the entire time. Mm-hmm. Last match of their season, they play Quincy Crew, who have not looked good. Did not look good at all, despite winning almost all their games. I mean, again, North America is very top-heavy. It's basically top three teams, and then the others are just there to fight amongst mm. each other and not the top three. So, But Quincy Crew upset TSM, which was a big surprise. 
and that forced a three-way tie because there's only two slots and eg ends up winning the tiebreaker in convincing fashion they shit on everybody the games were not remotely close and then tsm uh ends up beating quincy crew so they secure themselves you know what eg beat the other two teams with what do you mean what they beat them with Storm's first pick storm storm medusa first pick storm second pick medusa both games yeah and they stomp them (laughs) well that's kind of fun to see um yeah that was everybody something. laughing at Bulba's drafting, and then he just s- sticks it to the man in the playoffs in the tiebreaker. You know, that's uh, yeah. So EG and TSM will be going to the major. The bottom two were Dog Champ and Simply Two Based. Simply Two Based didn't even bother showing up for the last match, if I'm not mistaken, in true NA fashion. Didn't have anything to play for, but still, that is something you should probably do anyway. And then for Div Two, in terms of teams that are getting promoted. It is five rat four staff and felt. Let me see if I rat four staff went fourteen and one. Worth noticing. Who is on their team? DNM, little Nick, my boy. Okay, that's little Nick's team. DNM, little Nick, Nico, Giant, and Albino Zebra One. Um, DNM, I think, is a potential. I think DNM and little Nick are two potential big future names in NA. Um, Potentially, yep. And Nico could be as well, but D- DNM I think has, at least I had him on my radar. I want to say one or two years ago, um, he was. Didn't he have a quick stint with some team that was? I guess he didn't, but I think he was in. Oh, this. Uh, no. Oh yeah, he did play with Sad Boys actually, at the time, which was potentially going to be a new strong team in NA, but it didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, next is South America. Let me open that up. So for Division 1, Thunder Awaken and Beast Coast take the top two. Thunder Awaken went 14-1 and one overall. They crushed it. In Division 1. Hakori, Lava, Infamous, and Infinity are going to stay Division 1. And then APU King of Kings and Balrogs will be relegated. Uh, there was a tiebreaker between Beast Coast and Hokori. Beast Coast ended up taking that, obviously. So Thunder Awaken and Beast Coast will be going to the major. And then for Divi- Division 2, the two teams promoted are SG Esports. So kind of a, I was going to say household name, but for Brazilian Dota, that is a household name. And Wolf Team. But no ping. It, it must be a totally different roster. Not able to. Yeah, yeah that is a totally different roster. This is the closest Div 2 there's been, right? Yeah, very close. The winner of Div 2 went 5-2. and two. Mm-hmm. So that could either be a really good look for the second division or it could be a bad look for the teams that get promoted that they're just not on the same level as Div 1. We're going to see. I think I'm more hopeful about the other regions, Division 2 qualifiers uh, in the next season for Div 1. Yeah, I, I have to say for this region, I thought Beast Coast were going to clean house in the end and get first place, but... Thunder Awaken are staying strong at the top. Obviously, didn't need to play a tiebreaker against them even because they beat them 2-0. And if they would have lost to them, I don't know if there would have been a tie, right? Because <laughs> then it would have both been 6-1. and one. Who knows mm-hmm. like how that would have worked out. Uh, but instead, Beast Coast do get to play a tiebreaker against Hokori, like you said. And Hokori actually won the first game. Uh, so Beast Coast backs against the wall again in high-pressure situations in this region. They do make it happen and go to the major. They're just 
They're good when it matters the most, it seems, um, here. And the stakes were very high for that series, especially after losing game one. All right, so. let, let's look at this. So moving on to Eastern Europe. <clears throat> so as you guys know, because of what's happening in Ukraine, the Eastern Europe <clears throat> DPC was just postponed indefinitely. So now there is a bracket, a double a limb bracket. Top three go to the major. Bottom two get relegated. Look who's in the lower bracket, Cinderin. Round one. What the yep. fuck? It's team spirit. They lost to Bet Boom Team. Yep. Which has Seneco, and that's the only player that I recognize. Uh, you must recognize other players, too. No, but I don't pay attention much, so. You probably recognize the Hawk, right? That sounds familiar, but the name, reading it, doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Well, the other three you might not know, but the Hawk. Yeah, they played this series last night. They won 2-1. to one. Um, Game 3 had some interesting rapier shenanigans happen. I think it was Toronto-Tokyo bought a rapier on the Courier, but he didn't... Uh, he didn't lock either item before he bought it, so there was a full rapier flying on the curve, and then it got intercepted. Uh. So the enemy team just got a free rapier, basically. Uh, they were still under pressure. like The game was not looking good for them, but that was definitely the nail in the coffin. If I'm not mistaken, that's what happened, at least. Um, yeah. You know, th this format, I, I get the circumstances, right? It's rough. Like, what are you supposed to do? You know, the fact that there is just this tournament to qualify, I think, is really good. I think it's good that we get teams to qualify and go. It, it will be a much shorter qualifier than a full DPC regional, uh, which we were obviously hoping for, but didn't get because of what's going on in the world. Um, I think the, the controversial thing about this is that the bottom teams get relegated. Yeah. Because... Usually the way these divisions work is that you get to place the teams relative to each other in strength, and then you can fairly say, all right, these two teams are just not as good as the rest. They will get relegated to Division 2 and have to fight their way back up. Now picture this. If Spirit lose their next series, they are not in Division 1 next season with yep. the current setup. That's crazy. So they can't go to the next major if they lose their next series. Like... This is not, for me, about favoritism or anything about previous TI winners or whatnot. Like... I think it's fine that the winners from last year have to play it through, have to prove that they've still got it. But I think relegating teams based on this format feels really unfair to me. Like, I don't think anyone should be relegated out of this. And you just need to rethink how you do for the third season. Like, you could have two teams promoted, and then there's a 10-team Division One just for the next season, and then four teams get relegated then. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Because... Like this, you just have teams that show up, have two bad series, and then they're just out, you know? There's been teams that came back in Division 1 from losing their first two series and still made the major, right? I think Liquid started 0-2 this season, if I'm not mistaken, and then they went 5-2, and for example. Um, maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly, but there's been other examples of this plenty of times. But, you know, you're just playing two series, shit happens, you're out. <laughs> but not only out, you're also out of Div 1. That feels crazy so to me. If they win this series against Hellraisers, they stay Div 1, right? It's only the bottom two, right? So you need to not lose your first two series. But yeah. like, think of Hellraisers, too. They don't deserve to get relegated based on losing these two series, either. They would have lost to Navi and Spirit. Oh, you're clearly the bottom two teams of this region. Like, what? Right. There's no guarantee that that's the case at all. So, I don't know. I'm not feeling that. Make the 10-team Div 1 next season, please. Just keep everyone in. Yeah, it's... Uh... Or play extra games if you need to, to place the teams. If you absolutely insist on relegating teams, then you need more games. Like, 
I guess the I'm just questioning. They had so much time to think about this format. <laughs> and this is what they came I, up with. I think with. this is a really good format for qualification. I think it's totally fair to qualify to the major this way, given the circumstances and the time frame. But I think for relegation it's a different story. I think And like you could like I said, you could argue it's not fair for qualification either, because yeah, you lose two best of threes, you're out, maybe you would have won out the rest. But again, given the time constraints and the limitations, this is kind of a it's just a shit situation. You've got to do what you've got to do to get some teams to qualify, but that doesn't mean you also need to use the same logic to relegate them. Ideally, we would have had a whole season, so of course. Generally, but. double elimination tournaments are pretty good at figuring out what the top three teams are, I would say, but not good at figuring out who the bottom two or three teams are because a lot of flukes yeah. happen. A lot of flukes happen. So I agree. Like That would be... If it's probably not going to happen, but if Spirit gets to Div two, Valve is going to get shit on so hard for this. Although, is it a? You're it, saying it's probably not going to happen. I don't know, man. I think this Team Spirit versus Hellraiser's matchup is a coin flip almost. So I could is this, very easily. Is happen. this a Valve thing or is this a? Is it who's running the tournament? It's BTS. BTS, I think. Who came up with the format? You think? Uh, I think about. it. I'm not I, sure. I mean, this is not a very innovative format. It's a very standard no, no, no. eight-team double limit oh, qualification format. When I say format, format so. I mean like the rules in general that are right. affecting the DPC. About relegation, no idea. I, but I, I feel like that I don't think so. this has to be Valve because this is a like it's an unprecedented, unprecedented situation. So Valve would have to have stepped in. I think that's my guess. But yeah, not 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 a great. Not a fan of the relegation. I'm a fan of running this tournament in general, and I'm a fan of making a double LMA team. I think that's totally fine yeah. in the, I think the scope of what's going on. The 10-team thing sounds really. reasonable. I mean, the fact that the DPC, you're doing two games a day, three days a week. It's like nothing. If you add two more it's teams... It's so spaced out, the players wouldn't care. Yeah, nobody would care. Not even the casters wouldn't care. Yeah, that's true. Well, that sucks balls for one of those two teams. We'll see what happens. And the other two teams that might get relegated will be either CIS Rejects or the loser of Puck Champ versus Mind Games. Uh, CIS Rejects has FNG, Roger, Depressed Kid, Ramses, and Miro. And let's see who you would recognize from the other teams. We've talked about Puck Champ. Oh, yeah. Uh, you and I. They started so out real hot should, last season. Should be familiar with those. And then we have Mind Games, which is. Petushara, Bignum, Sioma. That's actually the only three players that are in their official roster right now. And then they have Seven Jezu and FN on reserve. Uh, they went inactive two days ago. So I don't know who's playing for them. Hmm. I think they're playing today, right? My games. Yeah, they're playing in five hours. Well, I guess we'll find out. Not sure. Okay. So you, g you gave me this graphic. Actually, no. Let, let's quickly talk about the teams that we think. So with this tournament, that's three Eastern European teams. So I think mm -hmm. generally they're going to be able to get everybody to the major. The only question mark is China. Yes. So Well, you say generally, but I guess there's a little bit of concern with, you know, some of the players that have qualified, I am imagining out of Russia might have trouble getting a visa. Under the current circumstances, like I'm not only saying that from an Eastern Europe perspective, I believe there was a tweet from OG's, uh, is he the CEO 
or what's his official job title? The guy uh, who does the podcast for him as well. I have no idea. Is he called JMT? What did he say? I can't find the name right now. That, apparently, that it's uh, it's hard for um, it's being it's proving complicated to get visas for their players. JMR is what it was. JMR. Uh, I see. Uh, That's surprising. I'm, I'm Sweden. Just find the tweet. Right it must now. be. Yeah, it, it depends on the country, obviously. But I think. I mean. Regardless there was of a this, response or it's deleted. I can't find it right now. Regardless of this, we can just safely assume that most players, maybe not entire teams, but most players will be going to the major. China is the only big question mark. Like if it, if a player or two can't get a visa, let's say they're just going to get a stand-in, right? That's just how it always works. So the team will still be represented in some yeah. respect, but for China, because if they leave the country, I mean, what's happening in China with COVID right now is really fucked. Uh, I, there was a post about how they're literally caging house, like people in their houses. They're literally bringing cages to prevent them from leaving their house, which is obviously a fire hazard. They literally can't go get groceries, shit like that. Like not everywhere in China, but certain parts of it. It, it looks like dystopian. It looks crazy. Anyway, so if if somebody leaves China... And I don't know the exact specifics because I've heard this from several people, but I haven't actually looked at that myself. So I'm just going off a word that they have to basically quarantine for a couple months, maybe three months is the longest that I've heard. I don't know how long it yeah. actually is, but it's it's long enough that most teams don't want to go to the major. Yeah. Is what I've generally heard. Again, I have zero contact with Chinese teams. So this is take this with a slight grain of salt. But yeah, I, I've heard about the three month quarantine as well. So with that in mind, if you get quarantined for, if you can't come back to China for three freaking months, is it worth it to go to the major? Like if it was TI, sure. That's a no brainer. But then it it just, I I mean, if you think you're going to make $20 million, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one team (laughs) or zero teams as a matter of fact. So I know I know what you're saying, but it's like I think maybe sometimes it can be a little bit complex with how things line up. It might not be that binary that it's just go and stay away 90 days or don't go and do what you want at home. Uh, there might be like additional complications, visa problems, whatever. Don't know. Like this is just under the assumption that they can just go and that is the only caveat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is the only caveat. So mm-hmm. let's just say in another yeah. universe which may be the okay. one that we're in, Cinderin, that yeah. China doesn't go. No teams from China go. That's yeah. that's four slots. Do you just that is entirely possible. Do you just do the tournament with the teams that you have? Or do you get additional teams from other regions to make up for it? So like an extra NA slot, an extra EU slot, like whatever you think of. What's more, um, what's preferable? From the tournament standpoint, definitely preferable to get 16 teams. From a fairness standpoint, with DPC points, it gets complicated. Because if you bring additional teams, uh, you effectively put... Well, either way, actually, that doesn't really matter, because you put all the points into the other regions, right? So I guess what you would have to do, if China can't go, you would have to make some sort of separate tournament for China that is worth DPC points. Mm. And then I think you fill out the other slots with other regions, yeah. That's probably what you do. So you think, but just you would giving China zero points from the major is misleading as all hell. I think so. 
I don't know how you would do it. Yeah, I think they would definitely do a regional thing. I agree with that. I think that's a given. But the whole, whether you get four more teams or you just do the tournament with 12, or it's 16 teams, right? I think you should do it with 16 or 18. It's supposed to be 18, right? Is it 18? Okay. Or is it 16? So Shit, you I just forgot. have to like do some weird shenanigan, change the format, one less in each group. I don't even know what the the format is for the major. But yeah, that, that is an interesting storyline that we have to keep... Uh, Keep in mind going forward. Yep. Uh, okay. And quickly, we can look at the DPC standings. You brought this graphic uh, to light. Let's see what we got here. So these are the top teams in terms of DPC points as of now. Up 12 go to TI. Right. So the green ones, if you're watching the podcast, it is. So PSG LGD in number one slot with 950, followed by Game and Gladiators, TSM, Thunder Awaken, EG, Boom, Beast Coast, Team Liquid, Fnatic, Spirit. Even if they, don't, <laughs> even if they don't fucking, if they go to Div Two, they're still top twelve as of now. For now, OG yeah, and Aster. Cool. So those are the teams that would qualify for TI if it started today. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else regarding this, but uh no it was just like with the current standings what if we want to make like a prognosis on which teams we think are likely making ti off of this right now um there's obviously the upcoming major and another one but i think psg lgd are almost a lock i think it's hard for 12 teams to overtake 950 Mm -hmm. um so we're probably seeing them and i think aside from that it's still an open field if gaming gladiators or tsm get a good placement in this major they're basically a lock same for EG, same for Thunder. Um, Boom as well, I would put there. I mean, obviously, any of these 12 teams, if they win the tournament, they will be safe. But I think something like top four or top six, even, for any of the teams I mentioned, would almost be safe for TI. Um, and it's just an interesting way of keeping an overview of like the power dynamic between the regions as well, right? Like The teams that qualified, how dominant have they been in their regions? And obviously... PSGLGD just cleaning house um, so far. So they won their Division 1, they won the regional finals, and they won Division 2. Or, sorry, uh, Tournament 2. So they're good. They're, if they if China does get to go, I think PSGLGD will be the team to beat, um, together with probably Boom mm-hmm. and Fnatic. And then depending on what form they show up in, I wouldn't be sleeping on EG this time. I think they they might have found the secret sauce again to start getting some top placements. So Secret sauce? Um, what kind of sauce would that be, you think? Mm, what is that similar to? Some first pick storm sauce. Some spicy... Oh. Uh, would it be like um, a vinaigrette type sauce? Uh, yeah, maybe, sure. Let's go with that. Would it be something thicker, like a ranch? You know, a little sloppy? Mm. It's tough to say. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that's what caught your attention. Moving um, on. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a big question mark for me. Let's see how they do. Uh, Quincy Crew, they made some changes. Uh, they have gotten rid of Ponlo and Milan, which I'm really sad about Milan because obviously we cast a lot of their games. He's a fan favorite. He's hilarious. Uh, so that's their position four and five gone. Any, Are you still showing the rankings? I sure am. Any uh, <laughs> Anybody catch your eye and... For possible replacements, because man, somebody's on the tip of my tongue. Somebody mentioned the other day, mm-hmm. and I thought of it originally too, and I've just forgotten now. But 
I would say look out maybe for Fly. I feel like this team, I know Kez is captaining. I, I, he doesn't really have a track record of being a captain. Fly does. That would right. make sense. Uh, even SVG coming back would technically mm-hmm. make sense. Um, I th- were you thinking MSS. about maybe M- yes. MSS? Yes, thank yeah. you. That's who I was thinking of. Right. That would make I think part of the speculation sense. right now, I've seen a couple of versions. There's the possibility of getting Lelis back together with MSS and then Kezu goes to five, which people are speculating. They're speculating that maybe they're getting MSS as position four and fly as five and captain and Kezu goes to three. Um, I think those are the two primary theories I've seen so far. And then obviously MSS SVG returning, right? That's the third one. Um, so those are the, the obvious options. It just sucks, man. Like, you know, th- this was a team that I think for a lot of people was pretty easy to cheer for. They're in a region where they need to beat the Giants. You know, they need to beat TSM and EG to make it to the major. They've got third now two or three times in a row. Or actually, they got first, but then that major got canceled. Um, yeah. And they got to play the regional finals instead where they didn't perform particularly well. So they missed out a major that they actually deserved to go to, which is really sad. And then on top of that, their players have been struggling with like... Um, Location, right? Ponlo being from SEA, Milan being in Europe. So they've played with like players in different time zones. They never really got together and made a full on team boot camp uh, because of complications with that. So there's been a lot of like external issues for this team that haven't allowed them to just focus and have their heads in the game like EG and TSM this season. Mm. To be fair, EG had their own problems last season, right? With, uh, with the whole, um, yeah, with the whole, was it, it was Nightfall, right? struggling to to get to a visa to go to the boot camp and everything. So they had their share of problems. Yeah. Um, but Quincy have definitely had their own. So it's a shame because I think it would have been nice to be able to just eliminate those things and say, all right, were they better or worse? Were they just you know playing at a disadvantage the whole time? Or is it just that the other teams are better? Um, like I personally think with a boot camp and with the same setup as the other teams, it would have been closer. I don't know if they would have won. Uh, but again, it was... It was a three-way tie in best of ones, so any good game could have really changed the trajectory of everything. Um, but yeah, it sucks for Ponlo, it sucks for Milan. I hope they find other teams. Um, and yeah, that we get more Milan on camera, of course. Yeah, <laughs> pretty fun. true. And we should mention, obviously, I don't know about Milan, but for Ponlo, he, was, he made a tweet. I'm not going to read it, but it was essentially saying that it was just hard to have a you know, cohesive unit because they weren't able to really play at the same place at the same time. He was kind of going from place to place, sleeping on people's couches. Like it wasn't an ideal situation at all. And obviously that, you know, Quincy crew not able to find a sponsor is the root of that issue most likely. Uh, But that's kind of the NA special right now. Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. Next thing on the list, uh, there was a post, (laughs) the French president, uh, Macron, uh, he so the election this was before the election i think they posted this but if re-elected he promised or he would he says he wanted france to host ti in 2024 at the same time as the olympics which is interesting so since then he has been re-elected the question is will he actually push for this now i looked up the actual time in which the Olympics takes place in Paris in 2024, and it's between July 26th and August 11th. So that would semi-align. It's a little bit earlier, but close enough to the old TI dates. Not with a new one at all, which is in October. So 
Valve mm-hmm. would have to like over the course of it, like a year and a half or whatever, would have to plan ahead to make sure that they expedite the other DPC seasons to make sure that we get back on the old schedule again, which isn't really a Valve thing to do, <laughs> schedule ahead and whatnot. But what do you think about it? That's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I think I think it's cool that it gets the press, right? And it gets the the discussion going about hosting these big events in France and that, that gets like this kind of main... I don't know if you want to call it mainstream attention or whatever, but the fact that it's a talking point for the president is interesting, right? Mm. Uh, that's not really something that has been much of a political talking point in any country in Europe is to, oh, let's try to be at the forefront of esports and host big tournaments, right? Uh, so I think that's inspiring and interesting. Uh, like you said, it was pre-election, so I don't know how much of it was trying to you know, get some easy votes from the youth. Uh, you know, It can be a very deliberate strategy to appeal to you know, young men in particular. Um, but either way, you know, the fact that it gets talked about is interesting here. I personally think from like a, a demography perspective, it will make a lot more sense for them to host the League, League of Legends World Championships than Dota because Dota isn't particularly big in France. But the upside to having TI in France is that it's pretty well connected in, within Europe, right? So mm. as far as locations go, it's definitely pretty good. There's like some... We're still theory crafting. Where's TI going to be this year? Some people are saying Copenhagen is a possibility. And if that's a possibility, then that has even less Dota traction than France does, because Dota is definitely not big in Denmark. I can tell you that much. We're playing CSGO. Yeah, but there's three of you. We're playing League. There's so. three Danes. Yeah. Playing Dota. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. It's all of us. Um, so, but yeah, interesting stuff, all in all. I uh, hope Seb can meet him just like the finnish players who won ti except matu met the finnish president um mm-hmm. and then maybe they can get some pull who knows yeah that would be really cool uh paris sounds like a great destiny i've never been so of course that's the year i would not be invited to ti anyway so that's just set in stone uh oh well i'm sure okay. i'm sure the career will crash and burn any day now uh all right next thing on the list which is the last dota related topic Dota 2 arcade protesting. I don't know if you guys saw this. So if you went to the, it's not there anymore, but it went to the arcade by default, the things were listed by, you know, you know how people botted uh, the open lobbies. Essentially you go to the, the main page of the arcade, you see all these fake lobbies, like 75 lobbies open. It's just a way to advertise their games, right? It's been a problem for a long time. So some people took advantage of this quote unquote feature that's in the game and made a protest where they would put just the graphic saying hashtag protest and they made several different mods so that the entire lobby list that came up would be this protest which i'll read exactly what it says english isn't the best but players in our projects and projects of our friends of custom developers constantly get our bans because of the error valve related to the work of the custom lobby sorry for this protest we want you to know why this is happening valve report so obviously there's been a lot of issues with arcade in the last few years, some of which have been fixed recently, but the hour ban, which is probably the easiest one to fix, has yet to be touched. I think uh, this is unprecedented for me. Can I just say, I don't think I've ever seen a protest in my life that says, sorry for this protest. I think generally when people are protesting, <laughs> they're very strong and firm in their beliefs. Right. And they don't apologize as part of their signs. Have you ever seen somebody stand out in public with a protest and they're like, 
sorry we have to do this. That's true. That's a good point. I think that, that just shows how That's interesting wording. That shows how being very broken, polite about it. That shows how broken the Dota 2 modern community is because they've been waiting so long for major <laughs> updates to the lobby like, system. We don't want to do it. What can you and, do? I mean, um, I was happy because Valve pretty much fixed the updating issue that's plagued Dota custom games, but they didn't really do anything else. So the funny thing about this, Cinder, this was going on for like a week, maybe two weeks, where constantly mm-hmm. you're just seeing these fucking protests, which didn't really matter uh for like in terms of actually using the arcade because again those were just bots anyway from the other games so it's like no difference so at least trying to get some word out there so what happened was you're not going to see them anymore so when you go to the arcade they added this like a couple months ago there's two Mm. ways to sort okay the the lobby list one is by open lobbies which is how the bots are taking advantage of this because they just fill it with bots Mm. And the other one is player base, actual players playing the mod. Now, the default sorting never changed. It was always open lobbies, which is the botting shit. So what Valve Mm -hmm. did to fix this, quote unquote, is change the default sorting to player base so that you don't see the protest anymore. (laughs) They didn't actually fix anything. It's just getting rid of the protest, basically. But it ended up kind of working out because... I think they should have done it anyway before this protest and started that like the whole lobby list thing is useless in my opinion because of the bots. If you can't fix the bots then just get rid of that option entirely. I think. I think the the logic they had behind not sorting them by active players, but just sorting by open lobbies was to try to give more exposure to less played mods. Right. Yeah. When you sort everything by active players, you're always giving primary exposure to the same already big maps and it's hard to make a splash as a small map. What happened back in Warcraft 3 uh, was that the lobby list back in War 3 was literally just, I think, just organized chronologically based on when the last player joined or something Mm. like that. So it was literally just random mods everywhere that you could just find by scrolling down this list. Uh, Now, botting and all of those problems were definitely not as much of a problem back then. With the infrastructure Warcraft 3 had, if people had the same intent as they do now, they could have fucked with War 3 as well, let's be honest. But people just weren't doing it back then. So I'm not saying like Valve are doing a worse job here than default Warcraft 3 from 2005. But um, there has to be something you can do about this. I'm not going to give a solution because I don't have the programming experience or the understanding of bots to do that. But I kind of refuse to believe that there isn't anything you can do to find a healthy medium where you can give exposure to, to other maps. But at the same time, also combat botting. So there has to be something. I understand the argument, and I, I get like the original thought process of why they're doing this, right? Of why it's sort of that way, because of what you said, trying to give light to lower used mods or less used mods or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it obviously is being abused, and all you have to do you is to do disable something. the option, that's not difficult to do. This should have been done mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so... So yeah. that is good. Hopefully they fix the hour-long ban thing because I know a lot of people get really tilted about that. It is quite annoying indeed. Yeah, so that was implemented as like a supposed hotfix against bots just joining games and yeah. then leaving when they started. Which it right? did fix. That did get fixed because of this. Right. What if the punishment instead of one hour was something like five minutes, then 30, then an hour? Yeah. 
I agree. Then the bots can ruin like one game, but you punish the people that unintentionally get into something. You punish them way less severely if they select the wrong map or if something else goes wrong. Yeah. I feel like just a flat hour for the first one is just totally outrageous for the fact that this is just some custom game that's meant to be played for fun, right? Like, I don't know. That is Again, thinking back to War 3, people could just leave freely, right? There was never any punishment back then, and it still worked out fine, but again, the botting wasn't a problem. So if you combat botting, if bots keep joining, just make, the, make it ramp up. What is the ramp up in regular Dota? If you queue and you don't join... You get five minute penalty the first time. Then it's is it half an hour and then an hour, or is it five minutes straight to an hour? Uh, it's. I think they give you the leeway of oh, you messed up once. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's five thirty sixty. I know that just Valve, do the same thing for custom lobbies. Like well, why not? I know Valve are not fans of hot fixes like this, like band aids. I guess is the better way to put it. They they want an elegant solution that fixes everything, but because they can't. Well, it's the one they've many... been running for ranked for years. So sure. Yeah, right. I don't see a reason not to do that as well. I agree. But it is what it is. All right, next thing on the list, Cinderin, is Twitch rumored changes incoming to people like you that actually make money when they Twitch, when they stream on Twitch. Oh. Uh, what are the actual numbers? So the rumored changes are the amount that you get from ads for normal partner people goes from 70% to 50%. Wow, great. So less money. Man, this article that I actually... This is such a shit article. Why, do I, why did I link this? It doesn't say anything useful. Uh, now I get to go off fucking memory. Uh, but, okay, that's the big one. You get less money. But the big change is that you will not have exclusivity. Uh, you'll not be forced to stream exclusively on Twitch. So, <clears throat> for example, like if this went through... and. I don't know how this works with people that are on teams. That's the big question because teams get different mm-hmm. rates anyway. So I think this is just for normal partners. But being able to multi-stream sounds pretty sick. Yeah. Like streaming on YouTube and Twitch at the same time, that's fucking cool. We can't do that. I would have been doing this years ago if we were allowed to. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. But less revenue, also not not so great. So uh, overall, yeah. it's been kind of... It's been mixed, the reaction to this, actually. I think all in all for Twitch, this is just going to be a net win, right? Because the player, the streamers that they have, that they have exclusivity with that get to stream on multiple platforms would still have the same pull on Twitch, but they would be taking less of Twitch's cut. So essentially Twitch is just printing with this and then they are giving more of a market segment in return to competitors that are so small compared to them, at least in a lot of games and aspects that they probably aren't too confu- uh, too worried about it. Um, they might not be too concerned. I-, I have to admit right now, I don't know the raw numbers of how much like reach Twitch streams have versus YouTube versus, is there even anything else? Facebook? Uh, Mixer shut down entirely, right? Um, there's probably a couple of other smaller ones in, in the Western world that I'm not familiar with, but mm. like... By market segment within individual games and gaming in general, I think Twitch dwarfs them completely, right? I think YouTube is bigger on other things like certain, um, like some personalities on YouTube are obviously very big because of their YouTube following and everything they've done there. So they're kind of just in that sphere already. Um, But yeah, to me, this just seems like a trade-off where for everybody who does not dual stream, they're just going to lose, right? 
um, and Twitch are going to win because they get a higher percentage and they will not lose a significant amount of viewers because they will just allow the streamers to get additional viewership that would not have come to them on Twitch anyway. Yeah, that's how I see it. So it's really, really good for tournaments, I think, in particular, if this gets implemented. Because, um, oh, well, maybe maybe not, actually, because part of the appeal for tournaments is to sell the broadcasting rights to the streaming platform, right? Um, that you use their platform. So you Twitch pays you so that you stream yeah, the tournament there and not somewhere like, else. But. Companies like PGL already do both YouTube and Twitch. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, Actually, I don't. Either. I don't know how that has been a thing, uh, because tournaments in the past, at least, have had Twitch pay for exclusivity to the rights of broadcasting platform. Right. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. This is still on the rumor stage, right? It's not implemented, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, depending on what the feedback is, there might be significant backlash that they don't do it or things, they re- it rethink could, it. It could have been one of those things that's leaked on purpose just to see reaction. We've seen that Maybe. so many times before, yeah. but who knows? I mean, I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel because, again, I don't know how it relates to people that are on teams like we are, if that mm-hmm. actually changes anything. I would love right. to stream on YouTube at the same time as Twitch. That does sound like something that would be cool. But, I mean, the thing that I'm waiting for for Twitch for, for years now is better bitrate, more bandwidth, uh, being able to do 4K yeah. streaming or any higher res than 1080p. 1080p is ancient. You call it full HD. That's how fucking ancient it is. The fact that you <laughs> sound always like always make fun of me when I say full HD. It's so ingrained in me, okay? Whenever we have a conversation that say full HD, you always laugh and do like a double take. What do you mean? It's like, to me, full HD has always been 1080p, so I just say full HD. So, I, so 1440p is fuller HD. What's 4K? Like fucking it, universe 4K HD? 4K is 4K. I just call that 4K. And I know it's more full HD than full HD is, but full <laughs> HD is 1080p, man. You can ask anyone. Man, that is such a boomer thing. It it brings a smile <laughs> to my face every time. I love it. Uh, so but 1440p, I don't have a good word for. Yeah, so. that's okay. Uh, all right, something Four that HD. doesn't bring a smile to my face. I don't even know how to feel about this. The last topic of today, Elon Musk buys Twitter. What the fuck? timeline are we yeah. in dude what the fuck is going on what is this i i'm not gonna lie. i don't really know the specifics on how this went down or anything about it i know that he paid more than what it was the asking price i don't know how like the what the rules are of if a company doesn't want to sell but you can still buy them apparently because that's kind of what happened here they were forced into selling to him i don't know how that works i'm not going to pretend to know how it works i want to talk about the idea of Elon Musk owning Twitter. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things where I see the acquisition. It didn't really rattle me too much, uh, but maybe it will in the future, depending on what he chooses to do with it, right? Right. Um, well, that's the scary part. I think part. one of the... One of the key talking points that people have been discussing about this acquisition is a change to um, the nature of freedom of speech on the medium. I think was the was the primary concern that you know certain certain people or accounts that are banned. I think the one that's been mentioned the most is oh Elon buys Twitter, Trump is back on in full force on Twitter and tweeting again, blah blah. blah right? Like, what is this going to do for the one of the biggest concerns I have with social media in general is just disinformation, right? Just spreading like a fucking wildfire. 
And depending on what stance you take about that as a company that runs this, you could technically allow any speech so that there's no no background checking, no requirement of factuality or anything, and you just tweet whatever the fuck you want. Uh, the other angle, which he did do some sort of a follow-up tweet to this, which basically specified what I mean by freedom of speech is that within the legal rights of the country, people should be able to speak, but it's not above the law. So... If that's the case, then does that mean that Twitter users from countries that have less freedom of speech will suddenly be losing the one they had on Twitter uh, because it was a little bit more like of an independent relationship relative to the countries and the countries that do have free speech just get everything? Or like, there's just so many questions right now uh, about how this is gonna gonna work out. And like, I don't know it yet. I, I as far as the purchase itself, I'm just not enough into this that I can really have a strong opinion about whether this is bad or good or what the, f like you said, how he, how he acquired it if they didn't want to sell. Um, so he, he bought it for $44 billion, and after he bought it, uh, I don't know if it was just, not is it SpaceX or was it Tesla or all of them? I, they tanked big time because he bought mm -hmm. this, which is hilarious. Uh, obviously... Right. After the pen, like during the pandemic, his net worth, I was going to say quintupled. He, I think it was like a hundred times. It's, it's like he made so much money off the pandemic. It's actually insane. So this is just like extra money that he built up. They could just buy Twitter, apparently. Just one of his new projects. I think the stuff that Elon Musk, like the ideas that he tries to push are really cool. Right. But I think that he is a fucking moron as well. Uh, I don't. I, I don't actually think yeah, he is actually cool. smart at all. Uh, he just is good at business, and he's an interesting personality. Well, I would say that is a type of intelligence. Yeah, it is. I would say that. Well, because he touts himself as like some uh, science guy. That's not. <laughs> that's not the case at all. Well, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's what I mean by that. He's just a regular businessman. Um, who's good at social media. So yeah, the scary part is the whole. I agree. Disinformation part. Um. I think it's it's God fucking Trump. If if you're tweeting something and you have influence and it's it is objectively incorrect and it influences people to do something that may be a negative effect on society, I think it should be censored for sure. It's a private company. Yep. It's not like it's it's not the government running Twitter. It's a fucking private company. So I don't know what Elon like where his loyalties lie or what he means by free speech. I would tend to think that he means it in the way that is annoying as fuck. And we're going to see Trump tweets again, which stresses everybody out. But that's just me. Yeah. So I, I don't have um, high hopes, which is sad. This is like the main social media I use outside of Reddit. Reddit's like the best by far. Nothing's better than Reddit, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook is trash. Twitter is, it's been decent. It's not great, but yeah. it's decent. I think that's fair to say. So. Okay, one more thing about this. I'm curious about your opinion on this because some people are speculating that we're going to get the edit button that some people want and some people don't. What do you do? You want to have edit on Twitter or no? What's the downside exactly? Uh, disinformation, right? That you can pretend that something was tweeted so, and then you can change it later. And then even if it says edited, it wouldn't say what it said before. Right. So I think. So uh, I think. Having an edit button that only works like a couple minutes after you've posted is fine. Okay. I think editing something a year later, that's stupid. Of course not. That's actually very dumb. 
I, I think depending on the context and what it is you're tweeting, even editing it five minutes later, it might already have done its damage, right? Like tweets spread really fast. And mm. like maybe that's a little bit of a too dystopian way of looking at it, but you could technically just have people tweet out shit, get the reaction that they want, and then edit it later. And then, I mean, obviously the history will be there. People can have screenshotted it or whatever, but you know that things that get edited and somebody has the original the final version is the one that most people will see and most people will have access to. Well, so they will lose the context of what you, actually happened. Right? What if you have the option of you can only edit within a certain time limit and it says that it's edited and you can check what the original post was still. Sure. If you can do that, that's fine. Um, like then, the edit button should be used to fix typos and stuff, right? That's Yeah. That's all it should be used for. Yeah, if you're if you're forced to also show the original, then yeah, I think that's a good solution actually. That you can edit in case you like change your mind or in case you got enlightened and figured out okay, something I tweeted was actually incorrect. That's the upside, right? Is that if you tweet something wrong and you're not a malicious person and you actually just want to fix it and write your wrongs, what people do currently is that they have the original tweet and then they respond to it themselves saying, "Oh, sorry, this was what I meant," right? Mm then for all the good or well-meaning people, they can just change it into, all right, editing. And then you can see what the original text was. And it was like, oh, okay, this guy misunderstood this or did that wrong, whatever. That's fine. Um, Somebody in chat But yeah, for malicious use, I think it's a very good way. What happens with retweets? If you retweeted something and then the original gets edited, what does your retweet show, right? That's an interesting... Yeah. Because that would be a big issue. That's Because really you might have issue. agreed with the original tweet, yeah. but not with the edited one. Right. And now suddenly you're spreading something that you don't agree with because the original person changed it. So that's a very good point. Um, then it has to show retweeted original message or <laughs> retweeted edited message, right? Like, actually, it's getting that was quite what complicated it to now to figure <laughs> it, 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 it really is, right? But that's, I think that is the reason Twitter didn't make an edit button, is that. Like for a lot of people, I think maybe didn't really think think too far about it about the like massive implications it has that you put that button in. Um, and I think some people maybe thought about it too much, so probably somewhere in between, right? But yeah, yeah, I don't I, know. I'm just glad he didn't buy Reddit. I would have actually yeah. legit been sad. Um, would you like an edit button? I don't, I'm not sure if you answered it. Uh, yeah. Do you think it would be good? If, you think it would be if good? they implemented it correctly? Yeah. Oh, you did say within a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you said. I mean, um, okay. I, after our future, after the discussion we just had, do you still think that's what it should be, or should it be different? Depends like, on the implementation. Show original message, only be edited for a few minutes, mm. or should it be editable for hours, as long as you're forced to show original message? Uh, it could be editable for hours, I guess, if you have to show okay. original message, and then retweets should only show the original. That should not change based on the edited tweet, probably. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we can do any consulting anytime for Twitter. Uh, if anybody, if Elon, yeah. I know you watch the show. Sorry I insulted you. Uh, you are not as smart as you think, though. That's for sure. We are actually, if you're looking at our screen right now, it says sponsor us. So if <laughs> SpaceX wants some exposure uh, That's true. among the Dota audience, this is a great way for you to, to reach them. That is true. Um, great. Great sellout, center. and you could buy out Manscaped as well if you want to venture that direction. Yeah, what, what's you? I mean, okay, let's end with this quick topic, Cinder. I know you have to go in a few minutes, but you said you wanted something fun. If you had that much money, what would you buy? Oh, anything like it's literal, like monopoly money at that point. You can buy literally anything you want. If I had his money, yeah, 
I would buy Twitter off him right now and do the right thing. <laughs> the edit button. Yeah, I would I would do it in the right way. Okay. Would you buy Valve, Cinderin? They're not for sale. Well, it apparently doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not even on the stock market. That's true. So yeah, that's that's the big They're difference. a private they're full-on private company, so I don't think All right, give me a real I answer before we go. Cuz mine I'll, okay. I'll say mine because okay. mine is actually boring and very predictable. You would you would buy an NBA. You would buy the Suns. I, it would be specifically the Suns. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I would overpay uh, by three, four times easily to buy them. I definitely think just for my own personal, like your personal bias with NBA, I think I would buy a game studio, and try to in name whatever names. way I can influence them to make games the way they used to. Oh, probably Blizzard, for example. So you'd buy but Microsoft bought Blizzard, so you'd have to buy Microsoft probably. Sure. I mean <laughs> it's chump change, right? I'm Elon. Uh yeah, I guess so. Okay. Something like that. Like bring back the good old glorious days of gaming before it got infested by microtransactions and bad design. Right. How about that? Okay. Your first so buy game, a big uh... studio and make them go back to their golden age. That would be what I would buy first, I think. But what if the caveat is you had to use NFTs in your games? Why are you putting in this caveat? <laughs> okay, if you buy the Suns, you have to put in... You have to put NFT sponsors on all the shirts and in the stadium. You think I care? I don't give a shit. I got a fucking Suns team, man. That's great. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I, I care a bit, I guess. <laughs> I, would, I would sell out so fucking hard if I got the Suns. My God, I don't give a shit. Yeah, okay. At that point, nothing else matters. All right. What uh -huh. if everybody who came to see your games in the Suns stadium had to sit in literal cages? That's fine. While they I would. I, okay. I mean, you really want the Suns? <laughs> I want them so bad. I would require people to come in and get circumcised in order to watch the game properly, Cinder. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like it just enhances the viewing perspective. <laughs> then everybody can watch with their third eye. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's All right. right. All right. So Thank with you, that, uh, we will bid everybody. <laughs> that ended uh, a little awkwardly, uh, but we'll take it. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Until next week, Suns fan and Cinder and signing out. Have a great, great week. That was basically a Manscaped-sponsored episode, but uh, goodbye. Yeah, if you need help with your circumcision, Manscaped. things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Subscribe. Yeah. <laughs>